Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The, the score, score celebrates 30 years. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's voice of the fan for 30 years. In Odyssey Station. The Score! score. Score Overnights with Mark Grody. As I welcome you in to Score Overnights, I am Mark Grody, and I will be with you, mark it down, for the next three nights, because I know that when I'm not on, I, you guys and gals are wondering where the heck I am, and when's, when's Score Overnight? When's it happening? So that's the way it's going down this week, and then... Uh, Saturday, I'm getting inducted to the Illinois State University Hall of Fame. It's starting to like sink it. Like I got here. Here's the way this thing has gone down for me going into the uh, Illinois State Broadcast Hall of Fame. I, when I was told I was going in, of course, I the the first two people I wanted to tell were my parents because you know they paid for five years of school for me, and I only got a four year degree. So you know what I'm saying? Like that, I was. Very one of those lucky kids whose parents paid for their kids in full to go to college. I learned of this news, told my parents. They were exhilarated. They were thrilled, especially my mom. I think she about came to tears, probably because if they they finally felt that their money had paid off. That you know, yeah, your little sports radio career, that's fine. But what about the school? I think that the what I will say because this is honestly what happened was. I received a call from my professor, who is still there. She sent me a Facebook text message saying, Hey, Mark Grody, how are you? It's been a while. Can you give me a call? Here's my number. And honestly, the first thing I thought was, uh-oh. This is my nightmare! So I, I thought for sure she was going to say something like, you know, look, I'm not going to tell anybody, but you still got six hours of classes to do, and you could do them down here at ISU if you'd like. But no, no. She invited me into the, the Broadcast Hall of Fame. and it's quite, uh, quite a difference there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You switch the samples. Part of it is the. I mean, this is only the second time that Illinois State has done a Hall of Fame, and they're, they're planning to do it every five years. The, it's really for them because sure. they get the publicity out of it and they get a little bit of attention with people that, as they said, have had a strong career trajectory, I think. Because I had asked them, I was like, what, what are we doing this for? <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, we, we followed your career and it's been a very impressive career trajectory. So we did, I like the way they put that. Well, that's though. a trajectory. nice good Congrats on your career trajectory, yeah, my Mark. trajectory has been great. You know who I am? No. I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> so much for that. And this is Score Overnight. Overnight, I am Mark Grody, soon to be inducted into the Illinois State Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. 
And I'm open, 312-644-6767. Hope your day has been great. I hope your overnight is off to a perfect start, and hopefully I can accompany you in some way, shape, or form, or lead you through the overnight, however you want to consume it. That is the beauty of radio, that we, we're your pal, we're your background, we're your foreground. We are telling you what's up. We, you're telling us you have no, we have no idea what we're talking about. Whatever. It's, it's the... There's nothing like still, still, even with everything that exists, the oversaturation in the market. And, hey, I do a podcast that's recorded, and I, but I will still say that there is nothing better than live, local, local radio. There's just something beautifully intimate about it, and I get to do it with you guys every night from midnight to 5 and other various times here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. So that is perfect and lovely and wonderful. Sean Sears is our producer, so he's the man that you will speak to when you call at 312-644-6767. He also puts together all the wonderful openings, the one that you just heard right there, featuring Illinois State and broadcasting in, in nightmare dreams. I'll tell you this about dreams. I don't think I've had the I missed eight college courses dream lately or flunked the cl- or forgot, just forgot to go to a class for an entire semester. It's probably been about a week or so. I mean, it's just part of my life. Like, I wish, I feel like I've had the dream so many times that I should be conscious of being in the dream while it's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like so often that I feel like I wish I had that power to know and not break out in the same relief of sweat every single time. But doing the overnights, and many of you guys listening probably know this, or anybody that has ever lived a, let's just put it this way, a napping lifestyle. We could put it at that. When you live that napping lifestyle or sleep at odd times, you tend to have really bizarre and like really quick one after another dreams and sometimes to me the most dangerous dreams that i have are the mundane ones when i say that i mean like you think you did something like i called that person back or i paid that bit like you i have dreams like that where i paid a bill or i paid for a bunch more people to go to my hall of fame induction did I do that, or was that a dream? Like, that's dangerous stuff right there, man. I fed, I, I took the cat to the vet. Yep, the Dave and I went to the vet. So the cat's all, wait a minute, that was a dream. That is, those are, those are the, forget the nightmares. I mean, I understand nobody likes a nightmare and a recurring dream like, like I have, but the worst are the mundane things, the everyday things that, oh, I called that person back. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, I bought I bought that for my refrigerator. Nope, nope, that was a dream. So I've been having those, and that's that is frightening. So far, I haven't been burned badly, but I do fear that is next on the map. So we'll see if I'm telling that story on score overnight at some point in time. Our big headline tonight was the Chicago Bulls, and. Two headlines, I suppose. Another trouncing at the hands of a good team, in this case the Eastern Conference. The Bulls lose to the Bucks, one twenty-seven to one oh six. The Bulls go down. However, the Bulls also clinched a playoff berth because Cleveland was with the program. 
moreover, Orlando was with the program because they beat Cleveland. So, yes, the Bulls clinched. I mean, we knew this was coming, right? So we shouldn't necessarily be celebrating the fact that the Bulls have clinched a playoff berth, but we do celebrate a little bit because it's been a while. This is the Bulls' first time in the playoffs in five years. Remember back to the what was the 2017 playoffs, the 2016-2017 season, the the Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, Chicago Bulls. So it has been since then. So it, it probably hasn't been as long ago as we thought. It's 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 weird because that's a for some reason the Butler Wade Rondo era is very forgettable. And it, it's strange because those are three stars, especially Butler and Wade, you know, and you know, Rondo too. What the hell? But for some reason, it was so, so short-lasted and did not – and I remember when that was put together, I was down with the experiment. I was like, okay, that, that's cool. Dwayne Wade's going to be here. Let's see how he works with Jimmy Butler. Rajon Rondo, I know him too. That's pretty cool. I like that. But it didn't work, and it was very forgettable. Like, I – when I think about recent successes for the Bulls, of course you go back to the the Derrick Rose Bulls and the team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals and were summarily dismissed by Cleveland. And then I even think about, like, in terms of, like, Bulls teams that made me happy or that were interesting, like back on the, the Ben Gordon Bulls and, you know, Kirk Heinrich and um, Joakim Noah, Lou Aldang, and part of the reason that those are memorable is because that was the first time since the championship era that they hadn't been god awful. Like they got like the Bulls got really embarrassing for a long time because of just how putrid they were. Like it was just it, it went from the the class organization of the NBA to a huge embarrassment. And we were I remember celebrating the year that the Bulls had Jamal Crawford. Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. One of those years, they they had a four and two start to the season, and I just I remember us like celebrating is the right word, but it was a headline. The Bulls are four, off to a four and two start, like it was incredible. So yeah, so it's while it wasn't that long ago, it definitely feels like it because the Bulls have been through some muck, man. You know the end of. The Gar Foreman, John Paxson era was not good. And I am one that will not look at the John, let's just call it the John Paxson era, and say that it was bad. I mean, there was some, I mean, I just pointed out some good things. The the, the Luol Deng, Deng, Ben Gordon teams, the team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals, led by Derrick Rose. Like, those were really good things. They did not complete the trick, and they weren't sustainable either, as ultimately. And Derrick Rose was a big part of that. And John Paxson made some bad decisions along the way, as did Gar Foreman. But on the on the overall, there was some order restored to the organization under Paxson, but he hit a wall. There's no doubt, man. The guy absolutely hit a wall, and it was time. It was time for him to go. It was time for Gar Foreman to go. It was time for <laughs> Jim Boylan to go and anybody else really closely tied to or associated with that era of of Bulls basketball. So we bring it back to what happened last night. The Bulls lose the game, but they clinch a playoff berth because Orlando beats Cleveland. And the Bulls right now, up to the minute, up to the second standings, the, the Bulls are in sixth 
place, and they will not fall further than that. The Bulls have locked up a top six seed, and that's what you do to stay out of the play-in. And it goes, here's the standings. Miami is in first. Here we go. This is still, this is going to be fun right down to the end if you're just an Eastern Conference fan. Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia all two and a half back. So tight, jammed right there. Toronto has back ahead of the Bulls, five and a half games. So Toronto is the fifth place team. The Bulls a full game behind Toronto against whom they own the tiebreaker. And Cleveland has been struggling. They've been dusted. They are looking at play in time. They are nine games back. And the Bulls do own the tiebreaker against Cleveland as well. So so that is that's where things stand. The Bulls have three games to go, starting with Boston tonight. And if the playoffs were to start today, I do believe it would still be Boston against whom the Bulls would play in a best of seven. The good news is, <laughs> boy, it's all relative when I say good news. The Bulls are 1-19 against the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. The one win was against Boston. So <laughs> it's like that's the matchup. And you don't think the Boston Celtics are licking their chops too when they think about playing the Bulls? I mean, that's a pretty good – they probably look at that as a pretty decent scenario for themselves, really. But So maybe it's the best of both worlds if, if that comes to pass, if the Bulls – and Boston end up hooking hooking up in the playoffs this year, but we shall see. And a lot the, the game. What about the game? So the game it it was pretty much Milwaukee wire to wire. It got like second quarter, I suppose, is where it started to get get out of hand. Like they, they Milwaukee started to separate themselves from the Bulls in the second quarter, and specifically there was a, there he was, hello, Grayson Allen, converted a, a three-point play, made it an 11-point game, 31-20, to 30, 30, 31 to 20, according to my charts. The the Bulls were leading the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo then makes a three to make it 30, and I, that might have been his first field goal in the game. Amazing. Um, made it 34-22, to 22, Bucks. And then eventually swelled to forty to twenty six in the second quarter. It got a little bit closer in the second half. That you know, good old Drew Holiday seems like he's always hitting these like dis- disgustingly good threes against the Bulls. Hit a three to when the Bulls were starting to make a charge. Hit a three to make it a sixteen point deficit. But it never like it never felt like like you could just like Milwaukee just is that team that just doesn't come unraveled like you don't sense the sweat when the deficit is getting shorter or the momentum has shifted there was never I've never felt comfortable because I've seen three other games against Milwaukee this year and they've stayed close until they don't so so the Bulls are 0 and 4 now against the the Milwaukee Bucks. Some things I should tell you about the game, too, other than the Bulls losing 127 to 106. There was no Zach Levine tonight. They He went from probable to questionable to he ain't playing because of that knee. So he is out. Who knows if he'll be reevaluated. We'll see. I mean, maybe it was a matter of there's no way he was going to play back-to-backs with the Boston game tonight. So let's pick a game, any game. And maybe it's Boston because that's that's a realistic playoff possibility. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what the deal with Zach Levine. Um, 
What else can I tell you? Oh, De- DeMar DeRozan had 40 points in the game, so he, he got on. He was very cold to start, and then I think DeRozan, well, he knew without Zach Levine in that he was going to have, and playing the Bucks, he was going to have to run up a pretty high point total. So it felt a little empty, but he did score 40. Patrick Williams had a nice game, really nice game. Patrick Williams, 18 points, six rebounds. He was 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. I'll take that. I will take that. No criticism to Patrick Williams here. He had a nice lefty dunk put back at one point in time. Nice game, Patrick Williams. Nikola Vucevic did not have a nice game. Woo! The Vooch was 3 of 19. However, he did make a heroic move, and that was to the, the flagrant foul on Grayson Allen. And, uh, yeah, I thought it, I actually thought it was flagrant. I know that on the broadcast they were saying, I don't know about that. You know it was flagrant. It was pretty flagrant. And Vooch said it, it felt pretty bad in real time, but watching the tape he didn't think it was that bad. But whatever. It's, I mean – these refs know what's up. They know what's going on. They know that Grayson's not their favorite. So there was that for Vooch, but he shot very poorly. Kobe got back on track. Kobe White. He was he had 13 points, 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. So that was needed. I figured he would. I figured he would get it back. I mean, he's a streaky shooter, and he had been a cold shooter recently. He was, he was in a slump. So hopefully this is, you know, not like he was lighting it on fire, but he snapped out of it. He made some shots. So that is progress relative to his last game. Alex Caruso, zero, zero points in the game tonight. Man, you could, I mean, back and wrist, he is still, he is not the Alex Caruso from the beginning of this season. I, he, he's just not. So, and I, good for him, play through it. And Billy Donovan's got to monitor that and figure out, you know, the old, is he helping us or hurting us? And there are times where he is hurting them because he's missing shots. Um, I don't even know how many shots he took. Probably not many, but I'll I'll check on that in a bit. Uh, the the, the high-scoring man for Milwaukee? Career. Season high? Brooke of the Lopez's. Yeah, Brooke did 28 in this game. So he came to play. Chris Middleton, 19. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 18 points. And hitting some big, you know, hitting some nice touch from the outside from Giannis. I mean, he's like, he's got that Jimmy Butler thing in him where he makes big jumps every single year. Like where it's like, okay, free throws suck. Okay, I'm going to be a 75% free throw shooter this year. Oh, threes aren't good. Okay, I'm going to start taking some of the, I'm going to work on these and I'm going to actually start using that to win games. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Who knows what he adds next? And that's the that's the Jimmy Butler story too. Defensive player, ah, but a lot more than that. Became an offensive player, self-made man. So, yeah, those are kind of the highlights, I think. And I'll, I'll definitely add texture throughout the night to the game just to give you an idea if you didn't get a chance to see the game or listen to the game right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And from the 816, a, a texter says, Vooch chipped him. Good for him. Yeah, well, yeah, that's – that's true. He did. Another one from uh, the 816. You're a smart, grateful guy, so thanks for doing overnights with us. I appreciate you guys, Marty. Well, thank you, Marty. I appreciate you listening. We like bringing you Score Overnight. We we know that there is a large audience for it, bigger than we thought, so it, we thought it was important, and it is definitely unique in this day and age to have live local overnight sports let alone anything local because it's so easy to press a button 
and uh, put on your, your favorite network shows as well. 312-644-6767 is the number. Here's what I want to ask you, because this came up during the broadcast, and I thought it was a good question. And, well, I guess there's a couple layers here. And I've, I've talked about the, the wrestling with, I am disappointed with the Bulls, but things were bad for the last five years. Things were really bad the last two years. And, you know, since the Vucevic trade last year, things have, like, felt better. They felt credible once once that went down. So I'm, I'm still wrestling with that, but accepting. I mean, we have – there's no choice at this point. The Bulls are – they will be in the playoffs. They are not going to be a top-four seed. It just ain't happening. And you either accept it or you don't. I could just yell and scream and bitch here on this microphone, and I've done enough of that about my disappointment with the Bulls. So that's not the direction I want to go. I do want to – I kind of want to look at it going forward, though, and that's not to race past the playoffs because we got a whole new second half to deal with here as far as the Bulls are concerned, and who knows? Maybe they do win a playoff series. But the question came up during the broadcast, or the statement came up during the, the, the TV broadcast. I listened to some on the radio, a little bit on TV, and Stacey King said – you have to trust the front office. That's That was what Stacey King was saying. And he was also saying, trust me, players will come here. Like, as in, they look at this organization, they see the top of the organization. It seems to be sound in the hands of Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. So teams will want to be part of that. They see the actual players on the court, a good, really good mix of of veteran players like DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic and then up-and-coming players like Zach Levine, or maybe he's there. I don't even know where how you characterize him. He's still a young player, Zach Levine is, but not young like Io DeSumo, not young like Patrick Williams. And those are all attractive parts, If I guess, if you are. So I, I, am, I am with that, but my question to you is, do you? This is the third year of Arturis Karnaschovas. Do you trust this front office? Do you allow yourself to hand this over to Arturis Karnaschovas and say, we did not get to where we wanted to get to this year. It was a wholly disappointing end. Like this whole, like since the All-Star break, the Bulls are 7-13. and 13. Not good. Bad as a matter of fact. But it is so much better than last year. The Bulls are 45-34. and 34. They are 11 games over 500, and that has, that has shrunk. There's no doubt about that. It's getting too close to 10 for me, man. I don't want to see that thing be under double digits. You know, I don't want to see the Bulls end the season nine games under 500. No, no, no. So I guess tonight's the real must win. But I do trust the front office. I do. I do trust. The the only thing that I haven't liked so far that Arturis Karnaschovas has done or didn't do was nothing at the trade deadline, except for Tristan Thompson, who's whatever, you know. That's that's (laughs) Tristan Thompson. He's, He's whatever. He does some stuff sometimes. The offensive game ain't there. The free throws are just atrocious. But he's got some energy. He'll he's got some you know. Occasionally he's got a good back down move. Occasionally he'll you know put a shot back like he did tonight. So there's there's value. But for the most part, it's like whatever. Okay, he's he has a little bit of something something. But I'm not quite. I haven't quite figured out exactly what it is with him. So that's my only criticism, like real, like a legit criticism of them is that they stay. While Philadelphia and these other, and some of these other teams 
in the Eastern Conference, Miami and Boston, like all tried to make themselves better, and some teams in the Western Conference as well. The Bulls just said, "Oh well, we need to. We're going to get depth. We got depth with a big man in Tristan Thompson." So I don't know exactly what else they could have pulled off, but it did disturb me a little bit. And you know, there has they have been on the downswing since. So that's the only thing. But on the overall, I do, I do trust Arturis Karnaschovas because of the you know he he has put together he he kind of looked at what this team needed my god how many years in a row were we bitching about not having an actual point guard around here and gets Lonzo Ball and I understand the injury sucks but that was a great he identified a player who still has a, a you know still has more potential left in him he's a good player Lonzo Ball but it feels like like there's another level potentially with him and he fit in great with this team DeMar DeRozan when everybody was kind of panning that decision he, he kind of he knew something like he felt something with DeMar DeRozan coming to the Bulls so that was a obviously a terrific move the the Vucevic trade while he hasn't been exactly what I thought he would be that was a good move I mean that that again that that changed the credibility of the Bulls right at that very moment so just the way he has constructed this team and you know the Alex Caruso sign I mean just to identify these guys these types of players I think is impressive and I don't think a lot of and like I didn't see that coming like all these moves I don't think anybody did like there wasn't a lot of people predicting what Arturis did, and I like that. Like he's just he's he's got a plan, and he's going with it. So my the answer to my own question is yes, I do trust him. I hate what's happened this year. I do trust Arturis Karnaschovas. Do you trust him and the Chicago Bulls going forward? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. I'm Mark Grody at Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. This is Sports Radio six seventy the score, Chicago's sports station. Holiday leaves it for Grayson Allen, turns to left. Oh, and he is sent to the pole. Oh, oh, hold on, foul. And oh, oh my he, goodness. He did, did he just get tossed? Wow, Grayson Allen was going to the deck, and Vooch sent him to the floor. And Vooch, has he been ejected? I don't know. I think he has. James Capers threw him out. That, see, that's wrong. Okay, let's go to Jim Capers. Offensive foul on Lopez and a dead ball technical foul on Budacek. We shoot one for the technical. Chicago get the ball out of bounds. That's it. Ooh. Okay. Nothing. Just a technical foul. All right. Well, so the booch has not been tossed. No. And again, it's it's a good hard foul. The Woot! Whoop! Woot! Woot! Flagrant one on or was it two? I don't even know. It was a flagrant foul. Flagrant one, yes, confirmed. Nikola Vucevic on Grayson Allen. Sean, I'm going to probably need to hear that again here in just a second because it sounded like – we forget, like, these referees, they, they have to say the hard names too. And if you're not used to saying Nikola Vucevic, then you might get it wrong. And it's <laughs> – I think I just heard a new version. Was it Vucevic? Is that what he said? I need to hear that again, Sean, just for the just for the pronunciation. Listen carefully. Drew Holiday leaves it for Grayson Allen, turns to the left. Oh, and he is sent to the floor. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Foul. And, oh, oh my he, goodness. He did, did he just get tossed? Wow, Grayson Allen was going to the deck, and Vooch sent him to the floor. And Vooch, whoa, whoa, whoa. has he been ejected? I don't know. I think he has, James though. Capers threw him out. That, see, that's wrong. Okay, let's go to Jim Capers. 
We have an offensive foul on Lopez and a dead ball technical foul on Vucevic. We shoot one for the technical. <laughs> Chicago will get the ball out of bounds. That's a that's a Vucevic. Vucevic. A voodoo chick. I mean, that was way Wow. Off. Way too many syllables through way oh. too many consonants into that last name. Oh, my God. At some point in time, I understand you're a one-man band back there, Sean. I'm going to need you to go ahead and just isolate that. Oh, and, yeah. Just so we have that. Well, that's going to be a drop for sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's make it happen on this show. Voosa check. Voosa check. Voosa check. Voosa check. Voosa check. Voosa check. Chickity check. Chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself. I guess, well, there. I'm sure he probably just calls him Vooch. So, like, I'm sure he can't be, like, and Vooch oh, fouled right. him over across. So, I'm sure he's like, oh, crap, I've never had to, <laughs> <laughs> never had to say this. Right. It's like when uh, Jordan Nawagu of the Cubs hit a home run today. I'm like, you going to get this, Spiegel? You going to get, you yeah. going to nail this one, buddy? You going to knock this one out of the park? And I think he did. He did it. He, did. he, he yeah. got it. Jordan Nawagu. You got it. Oh, yeah. And I figured that. I mean, look, if you're a play-by-play guy. You got like that's the first thing you do. Hell, if you're doing the pre and post game show, I remember always yeah. doing the Cubs pre and post. We would always just go. It was very simple. Just go to the other the the home team broadcaster for the opposition, and they here's how you pronounce this, and here's it, and then we would share our information with them too. Here is how you pronounce this name. That's the way that works. But you know, refs are probably gonna you know maybe most games they're not gonna have to get on that. Sure. So. Hey, I can't uh, I can't say too much. I called um, Adam. Was it hit? Yeah. Hazley, Adam Hazley, the new outfielder yes, for the White Sox. Yes. I called him Halsey, Adam Halsey, <laughs> on uh, on the Molly and Hall show on uh, on Wednesday. And then the best part was Molly burned me with a Halsey joke, which was just like we just like transcended like levels of where like I never thought Mike Mulligan would burn me, let alone burn me with a, a Halsey joke. Right? I was he, like, he you know who, you, man. Yeah, and he like quoted a song back to me. I was like, gee, it's man. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's Molly's fantastic. a trendy guy. I was surprised. But yeah. Was that? I wonder if that was my fault because I did the overnight set that night, and I mentioned, I said, I said the name, and then I said not Halsey. So I might have got in your head. Maybe I don't know. I didn't even know I said it until he made the joke, and I was like, "Oh no, I, I'm stupid on the radio. No, not on purpose either." So, <laughs> that's right. Hey, fun. we like genuine stupidity. Again, another one of the beauties of radio. You just you, you're out there. There's no script. You could hey, you could script a few plays on radio. You know what I mean? Like right. you can you can script a few things, but once especially on score overnight. <laughs> like we got 5 hours oh, yeah, man. to do this and I could fill up page after page after page, but we're going to get to everything. Right. That's how it works. That and sometimes exactly. you think you got a cover two, but it's a cover one with a blitz. You know, it happens. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And like we all made fun of Les Grobstein when for his misspeaks. My God, good luck to anybody that works at the score doing five hours of talking and not coming out of it with like a three error day. Or like the Cubs. Cubs had five errors today. Cubs, <laughs> while we're on the Cubs, and they. They lose to the Rangers today, eleven to five, and I I did listen to a chunk on the radio because I was just out and about in the city, so I was listening. I had speaks in my ears on the ear pods, so I listened to a bunch of them. But then I got home, and it was the seventh inning, and so what they're doing right now too. I don't know if you've noticed this, Sean, but on Marquee Network they are carrying more games this year, but not all of them are the home broadcast. So you'll turn on Marquee Sports, right, and you'll hear the voices, and you'll be like. 
who's this? What's going? Oh, it's the Rangers. I know. Team. I thought I honestly, I, I thought I was picking up. I, I, like I think the Cubs were like rebroadcasting the Seattle signal from their home game or whatever. And I honestly thought I was like, man, did I accidentally like buy a cable package I wasn't supposed to or something? Like, why do I have the Mariners broadcast for this game? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I realized, I guess the Cubs with the. Uh, road games at least they're letting they're, they're having the other teams broadcast on there i guess so which right, makes right. sense but i was uh there's definitely like a 10 second panic where i was like oh my god how expensive is this cable package i bought oh yeah. my, god, my girlfriend's <laughs> yeah. gonna kill me gotta change <laughs> right. before she sees the bill yeah yeah it was fine though yeah but so i'm i'm watching i turned it on in the seventh inning realizing that it's not the cubs announcers and it's definitely the rain and they had a package they put together they're they're um a montage of all the Cubs' errors is the first thing I see today in the before the seventh inning started. Just and I have no idea who was making the errors. I wasn't trying to look at numbers. I saw a bad throw. I saw a pop up missed at first base. Uh, just all sorts of messy errors. And then they then immediately, of course, bad karma. Texas television because then the Rangers made an error and then full circle Jordan. Nawagu hits a two-run homer that he just launched to the to the open grass area of of the surprise Arizona field. So yeah, see you get you know Texas having fun, and they even said we were making fun of the Cubs. Look, pal, this ain't your you know this is not your '90s Cubs. All right, this is not your old you know. This is a winning organization now, so you can't do this. Well, let's just make fun of the old Cubs and put together a montage of all their fumbles. That's what you get. That's what you get. And that's what they got, an error. So the Rangers on top of it. We've got a couple people, at least one texter, wondering about uh, baseball picks. We will do baseball picks today. I don't know what time. I haven't really decided that yet, so we'll figure out. But we'll let you know. We'll figure out. A, Sean and I will put our heads together during the break and figure out a good time to share our baseball picks. And, Sean, I don't know what you did with your picks, but what I did, the format, I hope this is the grabber format. Or I guess it doesn't have to be. But I just did. I went through all the divisions, gave all the placements for all the teams. I put together my um, six teams in each league that will be going to the playoffs, and I have a – a winner in the in the in the World Series. So how do we, do we is it is that enough or do we have to go deeper into this? Oh, I've lost my producer. Oh my goodness. Well, that's what we're going to do a little bit later on. And and there will be MVP. And I just realized as I'm talking right now that I did not do the my Cy Young. So I might have to work on that during the break as well. But that's what it'll go down. We'll give you our winners in each division and where they place. We'll tell you where the Cubs and Sox are in our predictions. And we will we will give it out to you. From the 847, bouncing back to the Bulls, Nikola, that's the Vooch, gets outplayed every single game. It is so sad to watch. Trade him, trade him, Kobe White and a draft pick for Rudy Gobert, and we will win a championship. Get a couple of shooters off the bench. Who knows? I mean, I I think anything's possible. Like, I, who who exactly are the untouchables on the Bulls at this point? I mean, there's some areas where you say pretty close with 
Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, but that's probably it, right? I mean, there's nobody else yeah. to look at. Pat Williams, maybe. I mean, probably, but, there, but you know, it feels like there's definitely value with him because they had no interest in parting ways with him at the trade deadline, and I think other teams right. were interested. So, and I know that might be a huge mistake because I, I don't know. I can't – it's so hard to evaluate Patrick Williams just because he was so, like – um, you know, he came off the bench in college, and nobody knew who the hell he was when he was drafted. He's just a guy that, in a weird draft, that they identified and said, "Yeah, we we like the mold of this kid." So we'll we'll see. But I don't. I mean, it would Lonzo Ball. I mean, it makes sense. Like all these guys make sense to stay here, but they're certainly not untouchable. No. So no. I would think this group probably sticks together for another season just because I think that's when I think Vucevic is under contract for it was like three years when he came over. So he finished up last year, this year and next year. So like that's probably a natural time where you reevaluate and make changes. But I would assume like for the most part, your, your team consists something involving Zach Levine, you know, DeMar DeRozan. And I would assume Pat Williams just because he was this yeah. front office's first pick. Right. And probably Vooch. Probably Vooch still around next year at least. But. Yeah, and I, I get what they're saying. Like I, Rudy Gobert would help fix a lot of defensive problems, but he doesn't do a whole lot on the offensive end. And I know people are saying like, oh, you know, Vooch has been terrible there. Sure, yeah, he hasn't necessarily been super efficient, but like, have you seen some of the other big men? Like, not everyone's Nikola uh, Jokic, you know. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, right? It's like we got the wrong Nikola. Wait a minute here. Yeah, we got the wrong one. I see what happened. Yeah. Well, who knows? When he becomes a free agent, what two years? Jokic. So, Yes, yeah, in two years. Okay, so who knows? And and Karnashovas um, has a relationship with him. So that's a guy. I mean, another. I mean, Anthony Davis. I think is a free agent in a couple of years too. Mm, wow, you want his hurt ass all the time? No, I but I mean, I like. I could see. I mean, now especially. Like, I mean, three years ago, there was no way Anthony Davis was coming back to Chicago. In two years, <laughs> possibly. But it's <laughs> yeah, like you know, yeah, do, yeah, right. do do the Bulls like? I mean, that'd be such a classic Bulls. Uh, exactly. Signing, but, uh, <laughs> that'd be like Dwayne Wade. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit different. I don't think he'd be that old. Well, actually, how old is he now? Is he 30? Davis? Anthony no, Davis? I think he's like 26, 27. He was, he was pretty oh, young. Really? See? See, I say that because guys that get, seems like guys that get injured at that rate, like they're always like about 30 or so. Oh, uh, no, older. you're right. He's 29. So. Okay. All right. He's been around a minute. Yeah. He's been yeah. around for a while. And by the way, oh, my God. Let me just read off of the computer here. A season that started with championship promise for the Los Angeles Lakers ended with the pain of failing to even qualify for the play-in tournament. Tuesdays, that's last night, score overnight, friends. Tuesdays, 121-110 to 110 loss to the Phoenix Suns, coupled with a 116-97 win by the Spurs over the Nuggets, officially eliminates L.A. from play-in contention with three games remaining in the regular season. It all happened, and the Lakers are out. Oh, my God. Yes. Lakers going down. Robber's whole show tonight probably would have been centered on that. Forget about the Bulls' clinch. Forget about the Bulls' loss to the Bucks. 127 to 106. Let's celebrate LeBron James's failures <laughs> because he is he is out. Oh my god, that's crazy cuz I thought what I here's what I thought. 
I thought like he'd they'd get into the playing tournament and then they would like do damage. Like they get everybody healthy and the Lakers would be good and they'd do damage in the postseason. It's like my nightmare because I've said I've admitted I am a protector of the Jordan. I don't want um, LeBron James to get to six. What's he at four? I don't want him getting to six. Hey LeBron, take your brick back to South Beach. <laughs> he couldn't tell that was less. <laughs> yeah, he see. That's again the beauty of Grover. He held on. He held on to the Miami thing. Like a lot of people have gotten over that. I got over that a long time ago. The whole thing. Though not one, not two, but like Grover. Pardon the not to be insensitive. He took that to his grave. Like that. That was Grover. Like uh, that. It made the list. Unbelievable. It made, made the book for the Grob. But yeah. The Lakers are out. And Eugene in Niles is on the score. Hello, Eugene. Yeah, uh, yeah good morning. Um, good morning, so, Eugene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're listening <laughs> again. And um, I, I had this theory, you know, wasn't it we were talking about the Miami team that in the NBA there was a point, I mean, you know, Jordan and everything, but – after that, when they put these great teams together, like you're again in Miami, because uh-huh. wasn't it like James and Wade had become friends and Bosch or whatever, and these guys, you know, these great, great players, and they just all decided, hey, let's go play in Miami. Like the Celtics, um, I think before that, even the Celtics, some when they brought Garnett in with um, Pierce and Allen and Rondo and everything, the, the guys, they could. You know the the players all just finally decided they they couldn't get Garnett out of Minnesota or whatever, but somehow these guys struck up enough of friendship, and they all decided. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't really understand it fully, but like James, it seems like James just goes wherever he wants. He wanted to play in Miami, then he's yeah. going back to Cleveland. You know, whatever. If if you're a free agent or whatever whoever your friends are, and you can just go. So, you know, there's a point where nobody decides but the great greatest players who's going to yep. be the champ, you know. Sure. That, oh, that yeah. My... That is the way of the world in the NBA right now, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there was a point, like, when they, when they put the Bulls together, of course, you know, everybody called uh, Jerry Krause super sleuth, although they made fun of him and all. And But, you know, with the whole thing with Jordan and everybody wanted to play for the Bulls. A lot of people wanted to play for the Bulls back when. But That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. You know, like we, a lot of, it was more of the veteran-type players, though, then. I mean, they weren't going to get young studs on those Bulls teams. But, hey, if you're John Sally, if you're, you know, James – uh, what's his face from the the old Detroit Pistons? To, you know, come on through, come on through. We'll hook, we'll we'll find, we'll fit you with one of these Bulls uniforms. We'll get we'll get you in. Who's that, Sean? Yeah, James Edwards. No, 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 James Edwards. I just thought of it, James Ed- Edwards. Yeah, he was the he was actually on the Bulls for a while. Was it Robert Parrish on the Bulls too? I think he was. Uh, right, Eugene? Was Robert Parrish on the Bulls? I don't remember that. Maybe, but he Let's played until he was like forty. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it official. Really? Robert Parrish was on the Bulls. Let's just say that. Let's go with that. Let's <laughs> let's make let's make certain things truths here on Score Over. Okay. Let's. So All that's right. the first thing. <laughs> Put, mark, mark that down, Sean. Robert. He Parrish. was on the Bulls. He was on. Thank the Bulls. you. Thank you. Okay. Really? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know it's hard. 
Like boy, 96, all, 97, yep. We could make a whole list of Bulls players that would probably make you say the same thing there, Eugene. We're like, really? Was he on the team? Yeah. Do you remember Bill Lambeer being on the Bulls? That I'm sure was never. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that one couldn't be, you know, Rodman, but Rodman. That's a good one, but but that wasn't very subtle. He was very much a right, player, obviously. Yeah, I, yeah you know, how about yeah. that? Did Carmelo Anthony ever actually play with the Bulls, though? No, right? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he even came to Chicago. Like he was in that trade, but they released him. They let him know they were letting him go before he even ended up. But but he was a. I'd have to like if you look up his, um, you know, page his ba- basketball reference page. Is he listed as a bull or no? I so I like he technically was on the roster, but he never like appeared in a game. So I could see like basketball reference probably isn't going to have him on there, but like he technically was on the Bulls. For, yeah, like, if you read like the yeah. minutia on the Wikipedia page, probably he probably it's there. spent eighteen hours as a Chicago Bull. Yeah, it was like, well, the Bulls finally got Carmelo Anthony, you know, a little too late, and yeah. uh, he's moving on. And really, there wasn't, you know, the Bulls didn't really want him at that point. So yeah. Anyhow, we were hoping, you know. There was a time the Lakers were talking about hiring John Calipari like a super schmooze, you know, like a guy who, you know, somehow, I don't know if Karnaschovas, maybe maybe he's up to the task where they get, somehow they get this whole thing going, like where you get some of these great, great players to come here and then other ones to join them or whatever, you know, the, the best GM How about Eugene? How about no? Of of course, of course. But how about when they had John Starks? You remember that when he was on the Bulls? You remember that, right? Um, I'm not kidding about that one. Ah, maybe I I remember John Starks, but it was mostly with the Knicks. Oh yeah, he was a pain in the ass. He he was an enemy of the Bulls for sure. But then he spent at least maybe it was a portion of a year that he was with the Bulls, John Starks. I'm sorry, Eugene. Like, ever since we started, like, doing this exercise, I've been thinking about improbable Chicago Bulls. Oh, I I just I, – I go back so far. That's why me and Les could talk because I remember the earlier days. Now, I don't remember Johnny Red Kerr, but other than that, I remember some of the uh, earlier days of the Bulls, you know, like Artis Gilmore or – I mean, Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer and Chet Walker, Bob Love, and yeah. Tom Borwinkle. We remember you know, all that. It's interesting. Like, I, I, I'm no spring chicken, but I don't remember those guys. I didn't. I was, you know, I was not old enough to be watching Bulls basketball or caring. I yeah. Born. I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that I was thinking about that because I was watching the Bulls post game show tonight, and the guys were having a debate over like the top three players in the league, and Kareem's name came up, and Jordan and LeBron. Um, came right. up. and I, I was. It's such a great disadvantage. Like when we talk about like the wilts of the world and the. Now I saw Kareem in his Lakers career, which was certainly not. Like he was good still, but he was not like he was. I saw him at the end of his career. Let's put it that way. And the skyhook right. was the skyhook. It was deadly. But right. I can't say I ever watched Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on a consistent basis or any of these. Like, like so when we have the fights over who's the, either who's the GOAT or who like who's your top ten, it's really difficult to do those things unless you actually watch the guy play. Like, I got a pretty yeah. good opinion on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because I watch every inch of their career at the right age. But there are guys right. from the past like Kareem and Wilt and name your classic NBA guy I didn't see play so it's like it's a serious disadvantage like you can look at all the numbers you want 
but we all know what you know like LeBron James is going to you know, probably or he has passed up Jordan right and on the all-time scoring list and, and but was he a better scorer than Michael Jordan probably not yeah but you you're right on what you said the 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 people when somebody's name becomes like known to even non-basketball fans, non-sports fans, they know, like, that's about it. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and maybe Kareem. And then the rest of them, maybe, you know, Magic. Well, they know, maybe, you, know, you know these guys. It's just because you're a sports fan, and we, we all know a certain amount of sports history because it's just part of the fabric. Right. What I'm saying is that you, if you, you haven't seen them play, you could, there's only right. so many highlights, and you could read everything about these guys. But to not have the eye test, it really makes it difficult and sometimes silly that we have these arguments, unless you are the person that has seen all of these players. And, I'm, you know, there yeah. are people, you know, the older you are, the better spot you are in to actually make these opinions. Yeah, I, I, dig, I occasionally dig up, um, you know, the YouTube videos and stuff, even seeing Bill Russell or something. You know, if you really, if you're interested enough, you can find, nowadays you can find it, you know. Like, well, again, well, we, it wasn't too many years ago, you know, the, you know, people didn't have access to the Internet. So it's kind of interesting because, like, there was a point where, I mean, Bill Russell was playing back in the fifties, but I, yeah, well, I how had many how really... many titles did the Red Arbach the Celtics win? Like, I don't know. I know those players from reading about them and seeing, and you know, just being a broadcaster and a sports fan. But I don't know anything about those teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you could watch the video nowadays. Well, you can, I, yeah, but but that, you I, no, to. no, no. You're you're right, but that, but like to sit down and watch like the minutia, watch like like watching tonight. Like you and I, pro, I don't know if you watch the Bulls, but I sat down and watched a Bulls game, and I watch Bulls games yeah. every time the Bulls are on. So I know yeah. everything that's going on deeply. And if there's other teams I want to know about, I will watch them. But like. It's right. just the it's of course we can all educate ourselves about the history and there's video right. available but I don't really know. I don't really know and, and I don't think a lot of people know. So yeah. Eugene, Why? thanks for the okay. thanks for the call Eugene. I appreciate you man. Sure. Always always. Um lines are open 312-644-6767 is the number if you want to jump in here again 312-644-6767 we've been talking a lot about the Chicago Bulls because they lost to the Bucks tonight 127 to 106 however the Bulls did clinch a playoff berth so there is that to talk about the Cubs lost to the Rangers 11 to 5 today a lot of errors the White Sox beat the Padres 9 to 6 we'll tell you about Michael Kopech's day and I do want to talk about Tiger Woods tonight because it's pretty amazing that the old Tiger could end up playing in the Masters. Like, it's a pretty good chance he's going to play in the Masters on Thursday. And we will be doing our baseball picks at some point in time tonight. Sean and I will be doing that. I'm Mark Grody. It's Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.